Hello and welcome to the Codec Moments podcast. I'm Andy Brown and with me today is Dr. Matthew Holt. Hello at Codec Moments on Twitter. I am. Sorry, bit of a holdover from the Star Wars stuff we've just been talking about. You just go full Yoda, didn't you? Nearly, nearly. At least I didn't try to do the voice. It's, yeah, because it runs the risk of just sounding a bit like the in-betweeners, doesn't it? At Clinical Andy, I am. Yeah, we'll not go that route. We're not as yeah. funny. Also, with us today... Oh, well, no, actually, let's... let's no, he can wait. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is my show. Laps gamers get everywhere. Right. <laughs> we decided we were going to do an, an AMA, an Ask Me Anything, which really should be an AUA, but that's not a thing. It should be. It is an Ask Us Everything. Ask Us Everything. Ask Us Everything, an AUE. <laughs> And ironically enough, the person who's joined us this evening, uh, Stuart Neal from Laps Game Radio, did literally ask us everything. Yes. <laughs> so we thought it would only be appropriate if he came on and, and was our quiz master for the evening. And had to read out my own rubbish. <laughs> yeah. 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 You came up with this. Yeah. You, you say it. <laughs> so thanks very much for joining us. It's, uh, it's really appreciated. Thank you very much it for is. having me. What have you been up to this weekend? It's been... Well, I was going to say sort of fairly quiet. Um, on Friday, I was at the Belfast Media Festival. It's like a regular yearly thing that they have up in Belfast. And this year there was a little bit more gaming content. Uh, so I was actually able to get on to one of the panels, which was about uh, gaming the audience, which is basically working out how to sort of market to different audiences, um, depending on what your game is and things and how successful each of those sort of avenues and what have you are. So that was interesting, and then I got to talk to some of the um, participants on the panel and what have you after that. And then Saturday was, it was all family stuff, and then today was just family stuff as well. That sounds very nice. Yeah, fairly similar. Without the media festival, I think, for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty, yeah. Yeah, my weekend was exactly the same, yeah. except I didn't go to a media festival. <laughs> So, Stuart, I mean, you, I think you're going to have to talk us through this. What's the order of business? I have got all of the questions in front of me. So we will launch into the first one, which I've already partially answered, which came from uh, at Kevney, uh, which is Kevin Moore from the Laps Gamer Radio and Film Guff and a soon-to-be-announced podcast. So his first question was, <laughs> what's an AMA? <laughs> it's, uh, it's a Reddit thing, right? Yeah. Is that where it's come from? Yeah, I it, believe that's where it's come from. Yeah. It's Ask Me Anything. So you can just bombard us with whatever questions you feel are appropriate or inappropriate. I'm sure the one that the EA team had last week on Reddit was um, entertaining. (laughs) I'm not entirely sure that was the smartest move they could have made. I didn't see any of the questions or answers, but yeah. So guys, does does anyone have any questions that aren't about loot crates? (laughs) So my first question was, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? She's, uh, I'm pretty sure she's in Los Angeles. Do you know, I, about three years ago, I, I did an interview with Jennifer Hale. You did? Who was the voice of Carmen mm. Sandiego from the TV cartoon series. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of just wondering if she's on Skype. Maybe we should just call <laughs> her back and find out what she's up to. Nothing wrong with Skype stalking at all, no. <laughs> I'd better not, just in case I need to use it for good one day. <laughs> My next question then was, can you come up with three games titles slash musical artists mashups each? each. That's an awesome question. Each. Oh, each. God, I thought it was three oh, between us. Oh, no, on the spot, three each. We are oh. a hive mind. I mean... <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. Um, well, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll kick one off. Metal Gear, So Solid Crew. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, 
radio headshot. <laughs> oh, is that a game title? Oh, come on. No. Oh, but I'll nick game it and titles. go radio headhunter. Yeah, nice. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, <laughs> Fallout Boy. <laughs> oh, that's cheap. That, that is very cheap. <laughs> uh, oh, no. I had one. I'll give you three seconds to think of one. Uh, it's another cheap one. Black Sabbath. That is a very cheap one again. <laughs> right. Um, my third one then. Uh, Chemical Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. <laughs> nice. <laughs> if you looked up the hashtag that I included in the tweet, I went daft over a weekend. <laughs> 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 so uh, there are a ridiculous amount of them. Okay, next question from Afrogear is, I bought Killzone Shadowfall on day one of the PS4 launch and never played it. Should I? Give me the elevator pitch. So this is, this is, this is the one you shouldn't answer. <laughs> no. So Roger, because we know Roger quite well. Space Nazis. That's oh, okay. all you need to know. Space yeah. Nazis. That's obviously a very fast <laughs> elevator ride. We were only going from the first to the second floor. <laughs> Done in two words. The Space Nazis, poorly paced, uh, even more poorly executed. Looks pretty, but really boring. No, just because just, just you couldn't finish it. I did finish it. I don't believe you. No, I did, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure. I, I don't think it. you did. I think you gave boring. up. I think you used that poor excuse that your daughter misplaced the disc and never finished it. <laughs> you know what? It's going on your uh, year of shame. What the hell it is. I finished that. It's finished. <laughs> it's done. Hang on. Is Killzone Shadowfall not one of the games that you have ended up with two copies of? One of which I then received in the post. I know, I've still got it here. Uh, yeah, I know, because that's technically my copy. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, you can <laughs> yes, have it back. Yeah. It's awful, awful thing. Hold on. You see, Stuart, this is why I edit heavily. Yes. <laughs> why well, he always sounds good, because he cheats. <laughs> I do, I do cheat. I'm not even going to lie. Next one? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> see if I've got the, um, the trophy for completing that. Work of oh, told you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I haven't updated my trophies in um uh, yeah, about yeah. twenty months. Right, right. Let's move <laughs> let's move this on. Another one from me. Is it appropriate for five nights at Freddy's merchandise to be sold in Toys R Us? Oh no. No, it isn't. No. I, I just don't think it is at all. But I I swear the target market of those games is like eight year olds. <laughs> Or at least the streaming stuff that seems to be on most of the time is performed by eight-year-olds. <laughs> I've not played it. What, what is it about? What is it? Five Nights at Freddy's is basically you're the security guard at like a burger restaurant or sort of amusement arcade. But at night, the animatronic creatures or robots or whatever come to life and become sort of killing machines that you basically have to keep an eye on and only have enough power in the restaurant to close certain doors at certain times. Oh my god, that sounds like nightmare fuel. Yes. Yeah, you can see why an awful lot of people like streaming it or YouTubing it. Yeah, okay. Probably not then. Yeah, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Another quick one for me. What's your favourite fraction? Now, are we talking numbers or are we talking petroleum industry? (laughs) <laughs> uh, well mine's a number so whichever one you want okay I like heavy oil I like diesel and I like three fifths <laughs> <laughs> we have one from Gavin Irwin is there anything clinical Andy wants to announce what he's up to in 2018 
Now, is this the bit where I say I'm going to go and work for Johnson & Johnson, or is this, <laughs> <laughs> is this the bit where I say I'm going to do a year of shame? Yes, you are. Yeah, so I'm going to be involved in the Year of Shame 6 challenge with Stuart. Yep, and Kevin from the Laps Gamer podcast. Kev, and yeah, Gavin. and with Gavin as well. Yeah. So this was a shameless, shameless piece of self-promotion. <laughs> it's, it's a good plug. It is, yeah. It worked marvellously. <laughs> so follow at YOS Challenge 6 on Twitter. Yep. And you can also find YOS Challenge 6 on Facebook as well. What date do you start? We will hope to have probably our first episode near enough ready to go on, we're hoping sort of January 1st or at least within the first couple of days of January. Now that'll be the preview episode and then we will be properly into our challenge come the end of uh, January. It all starts on the 1st of January, yeah. so there's no games, no DLC, no buying consoles yep. from from the 1st. Right. Okay then. So you can buy me a Switch for Christmas, Matt, if you want. No. no. <laughs> I won't buy you a Switch, but but I've got a game I could give you. This <laughs> is from your job lot of farming simulator copies anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need to I need to do need to get in touch with him and send him one of those back. <laughs> right. Let's move it. Right. Move it on. Move it on. Okay. Uh this one in from Colm Sheridan at Psalm sixty seven. What are your thoughts on the loot box fiasco and are gamers getting a bad deal with these loot boxes or is it good to have a choice? That to is, be honest, we've just recorded a whole thing on that. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question and it is a full podcast on its own, in fairness. So, yeah, pick up the podcast that was released before this one and we probably cover most of those questions. Okay, this one in from at Square Freak, which is Matthew Holloway. What is your number one holiday wish list item? And it, he does say, keep it within the realm of possibility or likelihood, please. I'm torn. I'm, I'm torn between two things. I, I would love a Nintendo Switch. Or a PSVR bundle. But I think I'd have to go with a Switch because it's just the, the portability of it. I wouldn't, when I travel for yeah. work, it would just be really... And now Skyrim's on it. Yeah. And LA Noir. Yeah. Yeah, you've got, you've got some stuff. You've got Wolfenstein coming for it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Doom Mode 2 now as well. And lots of different things. Yeah, it's an oh, interesting one. Smiths, as part of their early Black Friday deals, currently have the PSVR bundle down to £250. Yeah, to be honest, so do Amazon. Um, okay. In fact, there's a lot of lot of places that we've got it mm. at two fifty at the moment. So I think that's that's going to be the new stock price. It could well, but it could be in the good of all because um, Argos Argos have um, reduced it as well. Mm. I think Amazon had the PSVR bundle with Skyrim, yes, uh-huh. or yeah. GT Sport mm. as yeah. well for two fifty. So if you're out to buy one, phenomenal price, yeah. great time to pick one up because I, I imagine. Come the new year, probably the the new stock with the the updated ones of the HDMI pass through and um, headphone port on the unit itself is is coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was wondering if it was the older model that they're trying to sort of dump off a little bit at a slightly lower cost. But yeah, that's a still a really good bargain to pick up. Yeah, oh, it is. And for um, Skyrim VR, I can wholeheartedly recommend. Mm-hmm. To quote friends, have you been in the map? <laughs> <laughs> I have. <laughs> yes, um, it's had more gaming time this weekend than anything else that's been released. And it's a game I've already played twice already. <laughs> it, is, it is really good. But that's another podcast. <laughs> Back to my holiday wish list. I actually only have one thing on, on my wish list. I was asked a few weeks back, what do I want for Christmas? And I, I usually rubbish at answering that question. But this year, uh, it's quite boring, but I actually just fancy a Wi-Fi colour-changing light bulb. To to Aww. go in to go in that light nice. behind me. That's you know, that's it. Can we do like a disco mode when we're recording? <laughs> that's the idea. 
would be amazing. <laughs> My son actually does have one of the. It's just a, a standard light bulb, but it does have um the sort of it rotates and everything, and it does like do disco colors in his room. It's really quite bizarre. <laughs> yes, but it's not as cool as a Wi-Fi changing one. It's just it does what it does. But yeah, it's it's a good job. Yeah, no, I, I just want something I can press buttons on. And it changes the color. <laughs> can I log into it from here? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. It could be a useful feature. If I feel we're going over time, I could make your room red. (laughs) (laughs) Or you could just say, wrap it up, you know, a bit easier. If I I like what you're saying, I could make it like a really lovely shade of green. (laughs) Next question. Okay, uh, another one from me. In the 1985 film Back to the Future, Doc Brown builds a time machine out of a DeLorean. Assuming that you have a flux capacitor and can get your hands on some plutonium to generate the 1.21 gigawatts of energy needed, what car would you choose to use given a budget of £5,000? Oh. Oh, right. Um, I, I, I would honestly have to check whether it fit in budget. I'd have to go with a Ford Capri. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, just because I, I think it'd work. Mm. Well, well, you know the car would break down, but you know it'd look good. <laughs> Do you know it's interesting you should say that because I was thinking of like a Mark Three Ford Escort. <laughs> you know the really old boxy square oh, ones. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon that'd be quite a good one because yeah. you know I'm an Escort boy through and through. Yeah, yeah. Plus, any car manufacturer that has a policy of naming its models after jazz mags is always good. <laughs> 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 they had the Escort, the Fiesta, the Razzle. I don't know. <laughs> there we go. Escort or a Capri. Fair Interesting. Enough, yeah. Both went for 80s cars. Yeah. It says something about your age, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> okay, follow-up question on that one is, given that you have access to a time machine and enough plutonium for a return trip, and also ascribed to the Doctor Who theory of fixed points in time that can't be changed... Would you choose to go back in time to change something in your own life or forwards with a view to preventing something? That is a good question. Do you want to go first, Matthew? <laughs> uh, no, no. I'm going to let you talk and give me a chance to think for this one. <laughs> I've got two possibilities of what I would like to do. One of them is really glib and very self-serving. I, I would like to go back almost 20 years to my 17-year-old self and just suggest that maybe I put down that bottle of Jack Daniels because it's it's only going to end in vomiting in your mate's dad's car. But on a more serious note, I think I would like to go back to... I don't know what, exactly what time, but I think I'd, I'd like to go back and just warn everybody about the risks of overusing and overprescribing antibiotics because I think that the thought of potentially being killed because you've pricked yourself in a rosebush when you're out in the garden is not a nice one. Mm. That's what I'd like to do. We'll go with that one. What about you, Matt? Well, I, I don't have to follow something that serious. <laughs> Told you should have gone first. <laughs> yeah, should have done. Uh, I think I'd go forwards with a view of, you know, just double checking that Death Stranding will actually be any good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know I'll have to go forward about 20 years before it gets released, but um, yeah. yeah, I think I'd do that. Maybe you could go back to the point at which somebody in Konami went, what about Metal Gear Survive? <laughs> Next question in then from Kevin Moore is, who's the best non-speaking part in Star Wars? 
And by Star Wars, he means not Star Wars 5 or A New Hope or any of that bump. Star Wars, the film I saw in 1978. Although he says that, but the one released in 1978 or 77 would have been Star Wars A New Hope. It, it yeah, was. No, I see, know it no. wasn't subtitled no. A New Hope until eight, was it 81, yes. but... Nah, I think if it's 78, is he talking about the Star Wars holiday special? <laughs> oh, dear God, no. Because <laughs> that was 1978. <laughs> yeah, probably was. In which case... The greatest non-speaking role surely has to be, I don't know, Chewbacca's dad, Itchy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the flea treatment you'd have to do every month, a couple of months (laughs) on the whole family. I'm going to go with the guy Uh... with the massive sideburns. What? Which, not, which one? This is the seventies. Which one? Yeah, all of them. <laughs> yeah, there's no point being any more specific than that. No need. The stormtrooper who bangs his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, another one from me then. In the 1968 song composed by Burt Bacharach, written by Hal David, and sang by Dion Warwick, the question was posed: Do you know the way to San Jose? If you are planning a holiday to San Jose from your current location. What would your itinerary look like? Oh, <laughs> is that is it in Texas? Um, <laughs> just, I'm, I'm just looking at. I'm just trying to find it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the way to San Jose. I think I'd, you know, all right then. If this is a challenge, I think I'd probably fly to Houston, and then maybe see if I picked up some signs. I don't know. Is it, I walked, I walked down to the airport looking for a sign that says San Jose. Excuse, yeah. I mean, I suppose at least I get, do you know the way to San Jose? <laughs> and hopefully the only legitimate response to that would be for the person to go, la, 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 la. <laughs> but no, I, I wouldn't have a clue. I'd, I'd just, I'd probably get mugged. <laughs> Murdered is America. They'd probably murder me. Quite possibly. What's Hi to all our American listeners, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Matt's doing proper research into this, isn't he? He's going oh, yeah, Matt's like, on TripAdvisor yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I was going to say Matt's I'll on Expedia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd head to an airport. <laughs> <laughs> what, leave, probably, probably, I, I, no, I'd probably do Manchester. Manchester to Heathrow. Heathrow to San Francisco. And then I'd probably hire a car and drive there. And have a bit, bit of a road trip at the other end. Hmm. And and where is it? It's in uh, California, just outside San Francisco. Is it? Yes. Well, there you go. There you go. That's that's why I would fly to San Francisco. At least, um, in, in fair play, you'd get an extra long road trip moving from Houston. <laughs> I told you, I didn't know where it was. <laughs> yeah, that'd be my itinerary: driving, flying, driving. I would probably quite enjoy the road trip at the other end, though. Actually, in fairness, now I've looked at the distance, it's not much of a road trip at the other end. It is for me. It is for you. <laughs> Can I get an RV? Yes, yes. I would, I would actually have to have that. I, in fact, I think I prefer your trip, actually. An RV from Texas, which is like halfway across America. Yeah, that could be quite interesting. Through New Mexico, Arizona. Stop off in LA. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, we thought EGX was a decent road trip. Let's, uh, let's, do, <laughs> let's do Houston to San Jose. That's it. Do it for E3. Nice. <laughs> Next question then, another one for myself, is without branded pharmaceuticals, would medicine be as advanced as it is now? And do the profits from branded pharmaceuticals filter back to research, 
and can we attain a happy medium of paid for medicine with a free point of delivery health system? <laughs> you oh, can God, take this, this one. Not, this is not a question you should have asked me. Um, yes, obviously the the profits from pharmaceutical sales do filter back into research. There is a very, very strong history of research in the United Kingdom, certainly, and a lot of the major global pharmaceutical companies do have very strong research divisions. I can attest to that firsthand, and I know the good work they're doing. I also know the amount of work that is involved and the number of things that just don't get to market for X, Y, and Z reasons. So there is, there's an absolutely huge amount of money that goes into research. Mm. The trouble that we have is that there is a long lead time. There's a lot of cost in development and you only have a, a short amount of time to make your money back on it. So you've got like 10 years, generally maybe 15 if you're lucky, before the patent runs out mm. and anybody can replicate your drug and sell it at a much cheaper price. And they can do that because by then they've had a lot of time to work out exactly how to reproduce it and they're doing this on a large scale and they don't have the development costs. So they can just plow their money into making the stuff and chucking it out it's cheaper so it sells you know it's that mm. simple if we didn't have privatized pharmaceutical companies oh no probably we probably wouldn't have as much development everything would have to be paid for by the government and where does that money come from mm. uh, you know realistically it would be a lot more streamlined and you wouldn't have the variety in the competition and that's not always a good thing you know, sometimes you get to the stage where companies are making very, very small tweaks to pharmaceutical products, functional groups, that kind of thing, just so they can put out a new product and have a new patent on that, uh, you know, new formulations of stuff. That's not always brilliant and beneficial, but it it's a way that they can protect their patent. Mm. What it does encourage is for other companies to come in so i suppose the other option would be is if we had longer patents and certainly in in niche areas so where you have often what we call orphan orphan therapy areas so where there's no there's no available treatments there are benefits there for companies who can can sometimes get faster approvals or get extensions on their patent lifetime because they're doing work in fields that traditionally haven't been worked in or that there's not a lot of options in so i suppose the other option would be do we give people longer patents and keep out the generics, which might bring the price down over the long term. Uh, but then, I suppose, do you do you stop a lot of the beneficial development? I don't know, you know. It, but there, yeah, the long and the short of it is, yes, there is a lot of competition, and a lot of the money does go back into research because they need to find ways to continue their revenue stream when the patent is up and the generics come out. Mm. <laughs> That'll get edited down quite considerably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question then from Ali Cornwall uh, at Cornwolf. Which game do you really like the core or lore behind it of, but it just wasn't executed right and deserves a remake? Well, the one I enjoyed the most uh, and thought it deserved a remake, it did actually get a remake, so it's just kind of already done, but Metro and mm. uh, Metro Last Light. Yeah. Both of those, particularly with the, the first game, Metro 2033 was not its full title. It was, yeah. But yeah, absolutely phenomenal. I didn't actually play the first one until it was fully remade, but I did play Last Light and uh, it was a bit clunky and a bit awkward in parts. And then playing the remaster of it was just so well done. It did the original game justice. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it, my, mine's already happened and I'm looking forward to the next one as well. For me, it's uh, black, actually. Ah. the the first person shooter and it's not 
it's not necessarily that it needs a remake. It needs a sequel. Because that game was awesome. And it, it set up a sequel fantastically. Because you kind of, you get through, the, the premise of the game is that you're, you're being interrogated. The missions are what you're being interrogated about. So I guess it, it plays as a kind of flashback game. And then you get to the end of the interrogation. It turns out that the guy kind of knew what you'd been telling him all along, wanted to verify your story. And then it's just like, right, let's go get the real bad guys. And the game ends. <laughs> and it just, yes. it really needs a sequel. Oh, God, when did I first play that? Uh, 2006? 2006? Mm-hmm. No, I thought it was well before then. Black? No, 2006. No, 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 um, no. Yeah. Well, below, well before 2006. No, it came out in 2006. I bought it in Sainsbury's in Beeston with Nectar Points <laughs> and then went and played it with um, the two Pauls. Um, but yeah, 2005. It's been... <laughs> 11th of February 2005. I've got 24th of February 2006. It was still out whilst I was still living in Hull. I didn't leave Hull until 2006. Where are you getting that from? Wikipedia. It says here February 2006. On the Wikipedia page. Nobody can decide when it was released. All right, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see see what Wikipedia is telling me. Black Black disambiguation. Right, according to the version of Wikipedia that I have up my screen, Black is a first-person shooter video game developed by Criterion Games and published by Electronic Arts. It was released in 2006 for the PlayStation 2 and Xbox video game consoles. In the little box out, it also says the EU release date was the 24th of February 2006. The North America release date was the 28th of February 2006. The Australian release date was sometime in 2006. And the <laughs> for worldwide, then, it was released on 11th of February 2008 on Xbox Live. Right. Okay. Adjudicator has spoken. 2006 is there. Just, just say you were wrong. I'm looking at something that said 2005. I want to. I just want to hear. I was wrong. Just for me. Do it for me. Yeah. Oh, that website was wrong. <laughs> can't do it, can you? I'm just. I'm just repeating what I was reading. You just can't be wrong, can you? <laughs> no. 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 I can't. All right. Yeah. Black. I want a sequel to Black. I've yeah, been waiting a good, for, it is a good for, one it for 11 years, for more than a decade. Shall we move on? Yes. Yeah. Okay, another one from me then. In his 1971 single Imagine, John Lennon proposed a theoretical world with no countries, no religion, no possessions, and no need for greed or hunger. Have you ever imagined such a world? And if so, was he being too idealistic? And which of the, his suggestions should we aspire to? Isn't that basically just the Federation? <laughs> basically, Trek, yeah. 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 Twofold, I, I, don't think, I don't think there's anything wrong with being idealistic. I don't think there's anything wrong with aspiring to that. I've, I've never imagined a world like it. I just don't think we will ever get there. If we were to pick one of them, I think the hunger, I think the, uh, no hunger, I think that's the one that we, we should be working on. Because mm. I think if there's anything you can achieve, it should be that one. I would agree with that. Yeah, people just shouldn't be allowed to starve, not in this day and age when you've got no. countries with food surpluses. There should be a way of distributing this better. Mm. Yeah. Okay, another short one from me then. In the lyrics of their 1992 single, What's Up, which peaked at number two in the UK singles charts, four non-blondes asked, what's going on? Can you give a quick summation of what's going on in the world in 2017 for somebody just waking up from a decade-long coma? 
They've been in a coma since 2007, <laughs> in which case, hello, it's 1997, <laughs> basically. Yeah. I don't wish to alarm you, but that guy from The Apprentice is the President of the United States of America. <laughs> Alan Sugar? Oh, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, think, I think we'd be in safer hands. Yeah, yeah. Wipeout's back, Crash Bandicoot's back, Gran Turismo's back. <laughs> Tomb Tom Raider's got a sequel and everything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 97 again. <laughs> yeah. Also, also, we're about to have a nuclear war with North Korea. <laughs> yeah, that's new. <laughs> a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. Although, isn't that isn't that basically just the plot for Homefront? <laughs> yeah, probably is. <laughs> yeah. So, what started the nuclear war? Well, the two presidents were trading petty insults over Twitter. <laughs> What's Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next one from Colm Sheridan. Then is thoughts on mid console or mid generation console updates. Is this the future of console gaming, and are you tempted to pick up an Xbox One X or a PS4 Pro? Oh, easiest question of the night. Um, I already <laughs> we, have we a PS4 own. Pro. <laughs> yeah, we both have PS4 Pro, so uh, I guess I guess we're pro mid generation updates. Yes. Um, I like it as long as as long as we don't get to segregation of titles based on the version of console that you have. You know, because yeah, that that yeah. is a new generation then. And we shouldn't be ushering in that via the back door. No. Mm -hmm. And and therefore, you're only going to get limited. It says mid-generation updates. Technically, you could just have perpetual updates then forever and never really introduce a, a true new generation because you wouldn't need to. Mm -hmm. But if you, you're making everything compatible constantly, you run the risk of potentially stifling um, game development. So I, I think the, the great for... Uh, Four or five years in, getting an extra bit of horsepower, smoothing out some of the wrinkles, everything that you would want. But I'd also like to see a proper full-on refresh. I do like the Xbox philosophy. of I think we talked about it before on a, a previous podcast. If it plays on one thing, it'll play on all the others. It just becomes scalable. And I do like that idea. I do like the idea of moving towards, say, maybe the next generation of console being a bit more like mobile phones where you say perhaps have a, a new release every two years, but but everything will still be playable. Yeah, for at least I, like just four, last four bottles or whatever, yeah. It's scalable, but it's just, you will hit that point where your your old hardware is, is obsolete. Yeah. And eventually it, just, it will just stop working and it will stop receiving any kind of new game and it will force you into an upgrade. If you want to, I guess we get to that that stage where it's where it's kind of like on iPhones when you you suddenly realise you've not got the latest version of iOS. Mm. Yeah, I could see that working, as long as you could get six to ten years out of, out of one console. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it, it's all about the amount of time you're going to have it, and if they're not condensing that life cycle and making you upgrade every three years, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, because even even then you could buy you could probably buy a two year old console that's newer than your one. And still get the benefit of the the latest games. That's not for as long. Yeah, yeah. But you're not shelling out as much. I do. I do kind of like that model. And there's probably going to be loads of people going, "That's awful. <laughs> Why would you do that?" But yeah. yeah, we live in that kind of world now, where you know service models are the way forward. And perhaps I should have said this earlier with the the loot box thing. But I think we are now in a position where games as a service are a thing. We have to acknowledge that. When they say game as a service, they need to remember the service part. Yeah. There you go. I'll, I'll, I'll get off my high horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, um, another one for me. In the 1998 film Sliding Doors, Gwyneth Paltrow's character is asked to keep in mind the famous Monty Python quote. She replies, always look on the bright side of life. John Hanna retorts with, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. What other quote would have worked? Run away! Your arms off! Knee! <laughs> 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 Um, another one for me then. On their 1999 single, S Club 7 stated that there ain't no party like an S Club party. <laughs> to prove or disprove this statement, how big a sample size of parties would you need to gather empirical evidence? And how would you go about recreating an S Club party for comparison? I did go back into the fundamentals of clinical trials. <laughs> uh, well, I was actually just, just going to say, you put this in as a question thinking, ha, no one would be able to answer that, not realising what Andy's thesis was. <laughs> S Club parties? Well, the trouble with that is, it's ill-defined, right? <laughs> There's no party like an S Club party, which is pretty much impossible to actually prove. Because so there is no party like an S Club party. But it's a very definite set of criteria, isn't it? There's no party like an S Club party. What is an S Club party? I think we need to break that down into a series of objectives that would define an S Club party. Yeah. And then what we can do is we can take a sample population of parties, we can look at the criteria that make up an S Club party, and we can start to build a picture of how many parties look a bit like an S Club party and how many parties tend towards an S-Club party. But to actually say there's no party like an S-Club party, you would need an infinite sample yeah. size. And that's yeah, just but, not but, possible. Because well, it if, would if, just be a ridiculous bell it, curve. It, you're saying you might need an infinite. What if you took some AQL standards? I mean, what kind of sample size? No, 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 but you can't, you can't do it because you, you need, if there's no party like an S-Club party, then 100% of parties, are, you know, other parties are not S-Club parties, which tends to infinity. If we were to set like a 99.9% confidence limit, okay, then we could start to, to come up with some numbers. But There isn't anything in that statement that actually <laughs> says whether an S-Club party is any good. No, but admittedly, <laughs> if, if, they'd, if they'd have just sung there are an incredibly small number of parties like an S-Club party, then we could perhaps define confidence limits, and that's my point. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is your answer. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, we can't because it tends to infinity. That's... But we could reach out. If, if anyone wants to reach, I'm, I'd happily reach out to Hannah Spirit and see if she wants to define an S-Club party. <laughs> she could take me to one. I wouldn't mind. Don't let your wife hear you say that. No. I met Rachel. Yes, yes. In 2006, <laughs> was it? Yeah. I was helping to stage manage a ball, and um, I met Rachel, and... Uh, I was bloody freezing because it was like eleven o'clock at night. It was really cold, even though it was it was May, and I blew it. <laughs> I think I think I opened again, but it was oh, you look cold. I was like, yes, that's because I've been stood out here forty five minutes waiting for you to arrive, Miss Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Apparently, in two thousand and one, a TV show was produced that put together a vocal group through a televised UK-wide audition process, and their first single went to number one in the UK charts. That's hearsay, pure and simple. Is this true? No, total fabrication. It's the Illuminati. People saying that you're driving me crazy, and I haven't been around for you lately, but I got a few things on my mind. What? 
Okay, moving on. You, you, know, you put you know, too many. You put too many singing opportunities in your questions, Stuart. <laughs> yeah, you know that I'm going to add <laughs> reverb to that, don't you? <laughs> Next question. Next question in from Stephen Barnett at sbarnett82. When buying a new HPLC system, which would you buy? The Agilent 1290 Infinity 2 or the Waters Acuity H-Class? I'd probably go for the 1290 Infinity 2 because of the lower carryover for uncompromised data quality. So it's got multi-wash capabilities, which in real terms means when you, when you use HPLC systems and you've got to put so you, you put your sample in, you've got to make sure that everything comes out of it before you start your next sample, because otherwise what you get is carryover peaks from uh, from your previous one. And it's all right if you've got a defined protocol, if you're working with stuff that you, you kind of know, you know what's in there. Um, when you get your, your traces out, you'll, you'll kind of know when you get to the end of it. But if you're working with unknowns, then... Um, you want to make sure that you you wash your column uh, well and that you do it kind of quickly because otherwise you'd reduce the amount of samples that you can run at a given time. So I'd go with that. As some as somebody who's taken apart many HPLC machines in the past and also a lot of columns, not in a sex way, just you know having too high a flow rate or just putting nasty, dirty samples through. <laughs> <laughs> the sexual innuendo yeah. is rife <laughs> in this field of conversation. <laughs> Although I suppose the acuity is good because it's um it's like a modular system, so it'll work nicely with the other waters gear if you happen to have that. So what's your pick then? I'm still going to go with the with the Agilent one. So we're in agreement. The twelve ninety Infinity two. Yeah, yeah. The what the listeners don't realise is that was a fifteen minute conversation about that that you have trimmed <laughs> down to thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's not too many left. Thank. F- <laughs> Another one for me. In Steven Spielberg's 1993 dinosaur adventure film Jurassic Park, the character Ian Malcolm says, Your scientists were so preoccupied with whether they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. On a scale of 0 to 1, Jeff Goldblum's, how Jeff Goldblum is Jeff in Jurassic Park? Oh, he's a 1. He's a 1, Jeff Goldblum, in that film. Absolutely. Just like in Independence Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He is, he is Jeff Goldblum uh, in that. In fact, the only, the only film I can think where he's not entirely Jeff Goldblum is probably The Fly, because for a significant proportion of that, he's a fly. <laughs> he's not quite Jeff Goldblum <laughs> in Thor Ragnarok. He's about a point eight, but he's very good in it still. Go <laughs> <laughs> see that film. It is very good. Do you think he gets on set and just goes, watch me go from naught to Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> Less than six seconds. <laughs> Okay, next question. Inside is a game that was developed and published by Play Dead in 2016. In the game, you control a boy in a dystopic world, solving puzzles and avoiding death. At no point is the name of the inside part of a slice of bread that is encircled by crust mentioned. What is that bit called? It's called The Crumb. Is it? It is. Is there an actual answer to this, Stuart? I'm intrigued now. I don't know. (laughs) I just posed the question. You see, e- now, even if that's not true, Matthew, we, we can claim that that is. It is. It is true. So it's called the crumb. It's the crust and the crumb. No, I don't even know if you're lying to me. <laughs> not, not that you'd ever admit if you were wrong. I'll let, you, I'll let that one keep you up at night. <laughs> All right. The crust and the crumb. Why not? 
Okay, next one from Stephen Barnett. Do you want to build a snowman? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Everyone <laughs> wants to build a snowman. Yeah. You want to build a snowman? Yeah. <laughs> Do the magic. Do the magic. Yes. My final question is, was 280 characters a mistake? Uh, given the length of your questions on Twitter, yes. Wait, what are we talking about here? Like a like a novel? It would be it would be too many plot threads. <laughs> okay, that's all the questions done. Thank you for answering. Thank you for asking them. Um I've got one for you, Stuart. Go ahead. Will there ever be a boy born who can swim as fast as a shark? No. Okay, great. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go with a follow-up question I was going to say Is it a, a man with a flying gun Or a flying man with a gun I don't get it <laughs> Space Harrier um, Yeah I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I always prefer Super Hang On If I'm honest Afterburner Afterburner was the better one Oh Afterburner Yeah that was awesome it Felt like Top Gun didn't it Except you couldn't hit the brakes And let him fly right by no, you couldn't. Yeah, they should have coded that in. I've just realised where I'm going to go to in the future. I'm going to go post the release of Top Gun 2. And if it really is that terrible, I'm coming back to stop it. <laughs> are they really? Are they making a Top Gun 2? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They seriously are. Yes. No. Yes. Why? What? Exactly. Tom Why? <laughs> well, Tom Cruise going to be in it as like the world's oldest... Is it, is it going to be like an airline world's, captain? World's oldest, oldest maverick, yeah. He's working for Singapore Airlines. <laughs> yeah. Just doing doing freight runs for Cathay Pacific. West Korea's got him too. <laughs> right, right. We, we need to end these questions because we complained about recording too long last time. It is very long. Uh, thank you, Stuart. That was... Um, Before we finish. Scary, yeah. We do have a prize. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so... Right, so we did promise a prize for somebody who entered and sent us a question. So, unfortunately, Stuart, um, because you've come and done the questions, we might have to just exclude you from this prize. Uh, it's a bit of a shame. However, no, we're going to okay let you. Uh, we're going to let you pick the winner. So, if you could do me a favour, if you could pick a number between one and nine, I will go with number five. Number five, it is. That is Esparnet82, who's Yay. just won himself a Star Wars t-shirt. I will get in touch on Twitter, fella, and uh, ask for your address. There's, there's no doubt currently sat there going, why? Why would you buy an Agilent system, you idiot? you <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Do> nothing? <laughs> yeah, if we get loads of abuse, it'll get lost in the post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, let us, let us know which one you went with. Yeah, yeah, we do want to know now. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, if we can come and play with your column sometime, that'd be great. Always make sure to wash it regularly. Good HPLC joke there. I, I wouldn't say good. Oh, look at your diluent. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, we're going to end it. We have definitely strayed into the realm of analytical chemistry jokes. <laughs> so we're going to finish, and we're going to say... Thank you to everyone for putting up with these terrible analytical chemistry jokes because there's probably only a handful of people out there understanding them. I'm going to say thank you very much to Stuart Neil for joining us this evening and thank uh, you very asking much for all those questions. On. Yeah, I did go a little bit daft. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the team. <laughs> if anybody's got any questions for Stuart and, and to reverse this, how can they get in touch with you? 
They can get in touch with me via my Twitter handle, which is at SaintlyStuart, or you can bombard the LGR uh, Twitter feed, which is at LapsedGamer, with your own Ask Us Anythings as well, if you really want to. And we'll get round to them at some stage. We are lapsed after all. <laughs> and I recommend everybody <laughs> does that. Thank you. All right. Thanks very much. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun, actually. I quite enjoyed that. That's been good. Uh, and we'll be back soon. Don't forget, if you want to win a copy of Farming Simulator on the Switch, then you need to get in touch with us and let us know how we can grow our audience. See? You're sticking with us puns, aren't you? I won't get rid of them. It's my shtick. What do you what do you want? You can contact us at Codec Moments on Twitter, you can look for Codec Moments on Facebook, or you can email podcast at codecmoments.com. So thanks everyone. We'll speak to you soon. Bye. Alright, bye. Bye.